0: Hey guys, Montel here, and welcome to this edition of Free Thinking with Montel. And I'm really excited about today's show because I got an old friend on who's going to come help us all figure out how we can simplify our lives by decluttering our lives. And you know what I mean. I mean, over the course of the last two years, I know a lot of you like me. Have been stuck at home trying to figure out how to battle this ridiculous scourge of this pandemic and staying inside. We don't realize how much stuff we bring inside with us and we hold on to stuff. It's really so crazy. Um, you know, you get mail, you get letters, you get things. And the next thing you know, you know, oh, well, I'll keep that. I'll keep that one. I keep that one. And then you look over in the corner and you got a pile, you know, 12 inches high of letters that you kept or mail that you kept or, 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 you know, announcements that you kept that are seven, eight months old that are useless, but they're stuck in a pile doing nothing but taking up dust. And sometimes, you know, you really have to stop and think to yourself, is it really necessary to have as much junk as we have? I think that's one thing about this pandemic that has helped me a little bit understanding what's important for those things to have. I mean, we're living in a time when, you know, I will tell you the whole idea of having those huge houses with all these rooms and all this stuff just sitting around. One day, and I, I'm not trying to be morbid, but, you know, you're not going to be here. And when that happens, somebody else is going to have to go clean up your stuff and get rid of it. And they're going to be agonizing over, I can't get rid of that because I know my dad loved it or I know my wife loved it or my mother loved it. Well, no, they didn't because if they loved it, they would have used it. And nine times out of 10, half the shit that they have in the house, they're not using. You know what I mean? I, go, I went by a friend of mine a couple weeks back, back who's got a six bedroom home and he and his wife, and now they are empty nesters. Their kids are no longer there. They have five bedrooms worth of furniture everything from, you know, beds to queen size beds, to vanities, to you name it. And nobody comes to visit them and stay because of the pandemic. So they're just sitting in this huge house, I think, wasting money on heat and electricity that didn't need to be. And they close the doors. That's one thing that was, I found so funny. All the doors to all the other rooms are closed. So you don't even go by and look at it. So if you're not looking at it, why do you have it? What is it there for? I mean, I went through this thing with myself, uh, you know, about hmm, 12 months ago. I and my wife realized that I had two complete storage units in Tennessee where my wife lives, where my wife is from. We live in Florida. These two units were filled with stuff that I had moved about six, seven, eight years ago. Some of the stuff I moved 10 years ago. Hmm. And then I realized I haven't even looked at any of this stuff for 10 years. If it was that important to me, I would have at least looked at it. And if it's that important to look at, then I'd, I imagine I should keep it. But I haven't looked at it. So why am I keeping it? So we literally went through and just downsized. I mean, I, I realized I was spending a, a ridiculous amount on the storage units, A, but B, you know, there was stuff in there that could be useful to friends, family, cousins, and those kind of people. So we just kind of gave it all away. And then I went through it, and I finally said, you know, ah, I know what. I'll go to an auction house and let them just get rid of this stuff because there's some of the stuff is pretty cool, not worth throwing out, but it was stuff worth something. So I figured, let me just sell it all off, and then we'll we'll you know take the money and take a little trip or something. I don't know, and and that helped quite a bit because now I don't have this extra reoccurring bill that I really didn't even know why I had it. It was just there. Why? Because it's just there. My guest today is one of the top cleaning, downsizing, decluttering, and hoarding experts in the country. He is the host of the Emmy-nominated PBS show Legacy List, now in his third season, and was featured uh, a feature cleaning expert on A&E's Hoarders for 12 years He's identified the psychological roadblocks that most organizational experts routinely miss that prevent us, so many of us, from lightening our material load. He's here today to talk about his new book, Keep the Memories, Lose the Stuff, Declutter, Downsize, and Move Forward with Your Life. Matt Paxton, great to see you again, my friend. How are you doing, sir? I'm
1: I'm good, man. Really good to see you, dude. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, man. Thank you for being here. I mean, I kind of was riffing a little bit before you came on, but we're gonna to get to that in a minute. But first off, how have you been? It's been a long time, man. a few years since we've last spoken. So, you know, how's your family? How's life been treating you?
1: Good, man. I uh I got seven kids. I've added four more kids since I talked to you. Wow. <laughs> so, um, blended family, but we got uh we got seven kids, six boys under the age of twelve. So we got a full house and uh blessed to still be working man, and helping people get rid of their stuff.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Talk people how you got into this line of work to begin with.
1: Yeah. So when I was 20, I'm 47 now, when I was 24, my dad, my stepdad and both my grandfathers passed away. So mm-hmm. what a lot of us are going through now um, it was bad luck. It wasn't like it was an awesome bar fight or anything. It was just bad luck. They all died in one year. And I had to clean up their houses. And so I had to go through what a lot of people are going through now 20 years ago. And I was just cleaning out my grandparents' farm and then my dad's house and then helping my mom clean out her husband's house. And what what was fascinating? I remember my grandfather saying to me, if something sucks, do it as a job, because people pay you to do it. <laughs> and he was, he was right, man. And here we are 21 years later, I'm still cleaning people's houses. And it just I remember I was so lost, I was sad, I was kind of beat down. I was I didn't really know what to do. There was no book that told you what to do. And I just remember thinking, all right, well, this is what my grandpa was talking about. And what I didn't realize was I really enjoyed all the stories, like all the cool stories from like grandma. said, oh, that was your grandpa's. And, you know, I found a matchbook uh, from a bar that I didn't recognize in my hometown, in Richmond, Virginia. And it's called the Tantilla. And I remember I was like, what was this place? She's like, oh, that's where I met your grandfather after the war. She goes, it's right across the street from the train. And so they would like hang out with the guys when they got back from the war. And of course, they probably smoke a cigarette, and which they weren't supposed to do. And you know that was she's telling me these memories of the day my grandfather got back from the war, and, but it was her boyfriend at that point, you know. And so, like those are the things that now I am twenty years later. Like that's what I get really excited about is all these amazing stories that are in and attached to the stuff that we have, but we don't need the stuff. Right. I mean,
0: you need the stories. Correct. You don't need to look at the matchbox to recognize that she kept the matchbox. You know what a matchbox looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just need to know the story. I don't have the story. She has the story. Right. And so many people, you know, again, are tired. I mean, I I was just talking in my little rift there before we started. You know, I mean, I, I literally went through a storage unit of my own where, let me tell you. Now, there were some valuable to me memories of things. You know, from awards that I received while I was in the military to awards that I received when I was speaking around the country to, you know, little items, little knickknacks, but little knickknacks and little plaques, I don't have enough wall space for half of this stuff. And I I literally started thinking, I mean, I'm not going to live in a museum to myself. Yeah, why would I bother doing that? Now you know, of course, I, back when I first received them, they were you know phenomenal, you know landmarks or or things that that you know uh, chronicled something that I did in my life. You know, I received multiple Meritorious Service Medals in the military, and you know, I had Expeditionary Awards and those kinds of things. And you know, we read the write up; it sounds so exciting, but that was like forty years yeah. ago.
1: So what I call those as stepping stones, right? We needed them then to get where we are now, but we don't necessarily need them now. I know I'm a good guy. I don't need a bunch of plaques that says that, right? Right. Like the, the, my life, the older I get, the smaller my world gets, honestly. I mean, it's basically, I'm at that point where my kids are all teenagers. And so my life is about them right now for the next 15 (laughs) years. You know, (laughs) they don't, they don't want to hear that. I'm awesome. That there's a plaque. That's the last thing they want to see, you know, and so I just learned to kind of just let it go and, I, and I, but I accept what mentally I accept that because you said it right there these things are important to me right they're not necessarily financially valuable but they're emotionally valuable and so I can take a picture of them I can store that memory I can tell you know not that my wife needs to hear that story again but I can tell somebody that story right and then I can move on from the item but I found that like you said like I'm paying basically storage on memories to dead people that I can have those for free anywhere.
0: Right. It's really kind of crazy. Well, look, let's talk a little bit about, yeah. you well, know, you were on A&E, the show Hoarders, for so many years. Tell me a little bit about the experience working on that show.
1: Yeah, it was as awful as you can imagine, right? I mean, it was a great life experience, but the things I cleaned up were horrific, and um, I loved it. I mean, it was, I like the... I didn't want the kind of messy houses. I wanted the messiest house. I wanted to be known for doing the stuff that no one else could do.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I got that opportunity and I did it year after year. And I, I mean, the things we saw were unbelievable, but I compare it now to like a, a North Face jacket, right? Like my North Face winter jacket, I could go, you know, to the top of the Alps. I could go to the top of Everest and that thing and stay warm, but I'm not going to right? But it's strong enough to go there. And I think my hoarding experience is the strength of Everest, right? As far as messy, but now I'm just cleaning out your house and your mom's house, right? Like, and so I use all the tools that I learned in the really difficult situations to help Mm -hmm. us in the more uh, normalized, just messy houses. I mean, about, I don't know, about five years ago, people just kept saying to me, dude, I'm not a hoarder. I just have been in this house for 50 years. I just got a lot of little stuff. And it was like, okay, let's, let's normalize this for all of us.
0: Absolutely, I mean, and again, yeah, the show, and he did deal with like the extremes of hoarding, but the extremes bear similar psychological characteristics to the normal hoarder or the normal absolutely,
1: like one hundred percent the same mental makeup. So a hoarder has just had more bad things happen to them. All right, they've had more bad luck. Honestly, most of them are really good people, super smart, very intelligent, and something bad's happened to them. For my mom, my mom just my mom was a single mom. I'm using my mom's example. My mom was a single mom. She worked really hard, three jobs to raise me. And so some things matter a little more to her because she worked really hard to keep them. So my mom would hold on to maybe clothes that didn't fit her or didn't matter anymore because it was every ounce of energy and money she had to obtain it at that moment.
0: And and yeah, and that's that's part of that's part of that psychological problem that people have, either because they, they remember oh, how much it cost whether yeah. they bought it and where their mind was when they did that, but they are no longer where their mind was back then, yeah. still holding on to this
1: item, right? My my mom has got every Tupperware thing that she's ever, you know, the cool whip jar with the spaghetti stain thing, right? She's got every one of those because we were poor, Montana. We were right. really poor. And we had to save every ounce of food. And the other day I pulled out my nice glass container to store food in. And she's like, oh, well, someone's fancy. And I'm like, no, mom, I just, <laughs> I just don't need every single right. you know, thing I ever carried. You know, But for her, they served her well when she had them and she's not going to waste money on stuff. Sure,
0: sure. I mean, what else did you learn from people when you were, you know, dealing with the extreme yeah. to translate to the normal?
1: Well, everybody's got a story, man. And we all mm-hmm. hear, you know. In media, we all know that. But, man, I heard some amazing stories. And that's what kind of started pushing me to really stop and listen. Because when you're in a hoard, you know, you're overwhelmed with the volume. I mean, sometimes you take – I mean, I took millions of pounds of – literally millions of pounds of trash out of one house. And you can forget that this is a normalized good person, right, that has real stories and you need to respect and listen to them. And so it's funny. the Some of the better stories I've heard are from hoards. And not from like regular houses because they just really appreciate the the people behind the stuff. But I'll, I'll tell you the most important one is the that we all hold on to something because of the people attached to it. So, those, so every hoarder or every, any grandma or mom in the country, you're going to go into their house and say, oh, well, that was my mom's. And I say, great. Tell me about your mom. And mm-hmm. then they tell me this amazing story about this woman that raised them and made them the person they are today. And no matter your house is messy or clean, you love your mom and you love the things she did for you. And that's universal, man. Like, universal.
0: Yeah, you know, it's very, very interesting when you say it because you know, my dad passed recently. And, you know, um, he was sick for a couple months before it passed. So, you know, my family went through the process of cleaning out his place and getting rid of some of the stuff that he had that literally was still of value. He had some really nice furniture that some of the cousins and grandpa kids and other people got. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, then I, about a week ago, I went up to see my siblings and my sister gave me these two. Mm, they were like valises. Uh, this this folders full of papers that my dad had sent. And, and on the outside of them, they were both Mark Montel. And I look at it and I pulled out. And you know, I sat here and sat on a couch after I got him home. And I sat there and I went through page for page for page for page for page. My dad, you know, for a while there, I guess he and my mom both, because my mom had done the same thing before she passed they basically chronicled and kept almost every newspaper article that had come out about me and my show over 17 years, man. 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I look at some of these pictures of myself. I was like, wow, ah! you know, I do not want to see myself 20 years ago. And so, you know, I mean, I, I literally went through it all. And at the, I, I didn't for a second, I felt bad because I'm thinking, you know, damn, this is something that they held on for 20 years for me. And then I thought, But I'm not holding on to this for another 20 years. I see it. I saw it. I know what it was. Okay, I remember that article when it first came out. I remember that article when it first came out. The first time I was on the cover of USA Today. I remember that. They had that. You know, they had this newspaper, that newspaper. This I was like, you know, so I just put it all together, walked in the kitchen, dropped it in the kitchen, garbage can, and I went, you know, there's no reason to put this on a shelf somewhere to get more dust.
1: So I, was, I love that story. One thing I found is the folder is the hard part to get rid of, not the stuff in it, the thing right. with your dad's handwriting on
0: it. Right, right. right. Well, I, 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 I got to tell you now, it's really funny. There were some papers, there are some, my dad along the way, a couple of times I had asked him to you know, take a position in a couple of things. I had set up a trust for my kids. So I asked him to be one of the trustees. Yeah. That. And then, you know, after a period of time, when he got a little older, I thought, that's enough. You don't need to do this anymore. I got somebody who can do this. So he, he stepped down 10 years ago, but he still has every single finite legal paper to that trust and everything that you could think would be a legal paper in that trust in this really nice kind of a folder that was you know, um a, uh, not a cardboard folder, but this was a folder that was kind of made of a web kind of uh, cloth material. I thought, wow, you know, he took the time to put it in there, had a nice little clip on the outside of it. And, you know, I I want to send it off to one of my legal representatives to look at And I thought, well, that cloth thing weighs probably about, you know, two pounds It's going to make this entire FedEx envelope it's an extra I thirty mean, bucks
1: on FedEx. Yeah,
0: it's going to be thirty percent more. Yeah. And I thought about it, and you know, my wife said, "You know, we got to th- just take them out, take the papers out of it, and we'll get rid of that." And I went, "No, you know what? I'm going to send it off to somebody else and let them know if I don't need it. Do you throw it away? I didn't want to throw away that folder that my dad had."
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, so that's a great example. Both my book and my show are about those memories. Right? We got to stop. We got to look at it and be like, "Okay, before you can toss it, I got to process that memory of my dad." Right. Like, and and then you're going to do whatever you're like, hey, man, pass it on to the next person. I'm good to go. They can throw it away All Right. You that, take that, a minute to stop and embrace it and tell that story. And that's the way to get rid of stuff.
0: Yeah, because I didn't I didn't I didn't want to be the one to throw it in the garbage can. But I know when it gets to, you know, my accountant, he's going to say, you want this thing back? I'm saying, no, man, get rid of it.
1: Then I'm so not. the, the doing business, it. Yeah. In the business, we call that punting. You give it to someone else <laughs> and let them make the decision. <laughs>
0: Well, I did punt. I'm I'm a punter.
1: You're (laughs) in a place that you can.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your new show. Now, it's in its third season on PBS, right? Yeah, we're
1: third season on PBS. It's called Legacy List with Matt Paxton. And it's basically what we just talked about. Like, I was – hoarding was so extreme. And I had so many of these amazing families that I was meeting on on TV shows. And I was like, hey, man, I just want to know, like, the stories. I don't need to go through this, you know, big nastiness of cleaning and one day i was this lady's house it was amazing we found a 44 star flag Mm. and i was still concepting the show right but it was a sorry one second i got a huge train right outside my house okay so we were concepting the show i was still cleaning i was in this lady's house i found a 44 star flag in a in a military trunk up in her attic and i said where did you get a 44 star flag because they don't just There wasn't a flag store back then, you know. Right. And I said, walk me through. She goes, I think it was my grandpa's. And this lady was in her late 80s, you know. And I was like, okay. And so I called some historians, called some people. She's like, I don't really know. She goes, I'd love to find out. And so I'm just cleaning this lady's house. And we find out her dad, her grandpa was a train conductor the day Utah became a state. Wow. And they made four of them. And he drove all the politicians to Salt Lake the day Utah became a state. And he ripped it off the side of the train and kept it, put it in, wow. put it in a trunk. And it had been in a steamer trunk in her dad's attic and then hers. Right? Wow. This thing was impeccable. Perfect shape, hand woven. I mean, it was actual history, you know? And I remember thinking, like, man, I got to make a show about this. Like, because I said, like, someone's like, well, what's it worth? I go, I don't care what it's worth. All I right. want to know about her dad, and I want to know about her mom. And I want to know about her grandpa. And so I made that hard right turn. I was like, everyone in TV is going to want to know what this thing is worth. And I was like, I don't care what it's worth. I was like, it's emotionally worth this. And so I really made set out on making a show about what things are emer- emotionally worth, not what they're financially worth. And that was a hard sell, Monta. I got to tell you that I said I'm going to make a positive show about aging Americans. And most networks, one network is like, well, are there attractive granddaughters that will fight over the stuff? Right. Well,
0: can, <laughs> you, can, can you get some people rolling around in the mud in the front yard. you? you know
1: I said, I'm sure there is, but that's not the show I'm trying to make. Right. right. And finally, we, we, we set it on public television. I got to tell you, it's the best place ever landed because they really just let us tell the story. And right. we found that everybody, just like what you went through with your dad, like everybody's going through that right now. And. They want to tell their family stories and so this show is a it's called legacy list because the legacy list is just a, a list of five or six items that tell your family story and that it's really how your story gets told after you're gone and so i tell people before you start cleaning i want you to create that legacy list that five or six items that matter the most i mean think about all your plaques everything i mean i've known you well enough fun Tell long that you know some people don't even know you went to Annapolis, right? Like, it's crazy that the most important stuff in your life, some people don't even know, right? And so how would you pick five items out of your house for a legacy list? It's harder than you think.
0: Sure thing. Absolutely. You know, I, I did keep my uh, my graduation certificate from the academy. Um, but right now, I don't even have it. It's at my mother-in-law's house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at, at some point in time, and, and, you know, it's starting to fade a little bit. The color starting to change on it. I don't think my kids need it. They don't want it. They're not going to put it up, you know. So why bother? I'm going to probably when I get down there the next time. I'll probably go ahead and let it go. Oh, you
1: no, know? I mean you've got that. You've got that asterisk on your stuff that it's your stuff. So sometimes right. stuff owned by you has more value than if it was the same item that wasn't owned by you, uh, right? Um, that's a that's an item I would say shouldn't be thrown away. I got to be honest. I mean, with the history of you going there, like that's a that's a big deal, right? right. And there's people that would be moved by that item. And so like i, call, I mean that, so people a lot of military items is a tough thing, right? We get that all the time. What do I do with my military items? Right? With my grandpa's little uniform, right? Or right. the medals. Like there's different places you need to go, but sometimes you got to call the institution and say, "Hey, man, like this was a this guy's a big deal. I'd like to see right. if you guys want it."
0: Right. Now why why are people, I mean, you know, I I, I I guess like, you know, why are people so afraid though to let go of their own belongings? What do you think? What makes I that-
1: think I think all of us you know our own belongings it means we were here it means we succeeded right like i'll use my own item. i have one item that i struggle with my shoes right i have i have some old air jordans that this sounds so petty right but i remember when i was a kid we had to go to we went to people's drug it's now cvs and they had these fake jordans right and we would sketch a nike swoosh on these things and color them in black to make them look like the original air jordan ones. right well (laughs) Now I have a pair because I can, right? I finally reached a point in my life where I could spend that kind of money on a pair of shoes. Is it worth it? No, of course it's not. But for me, it makes me feel good. I love wearing them. I feel awesome. I get on stage, I feel good about them. So I keep them. Um, I've run out of space in my little Air Jordan collection. I don't my my I only have two feet of space in my closet for shoes. <laughs> and I've aired a minimalist, so we don't have a whole lot of space. And my wife said, like, hey, if you want another pair of Jordans, that's fine, but you're gonna have to get rid of another pair to make space for that and so i've really struggled i'm like i'm not letting go of any of these jordans i really like them all and she said fine then you're not getting new ones you know and that's really put me in a pretty hard place and so now i've had to like i'm kind of like stalling with my little collection because i've run out of space right but what had happened is i got guardrails and my my wife has really encouraged me she said look you keep whatever you want in that two foot by four foot space right but you ain't going beyond that. <laughs> and and the you only to two feet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's teaching, look, I'm the guy that was on hoarders for 12 seasons and she's teaching me how to clean, but it's really, really helped because I've learned we don't, you know, we just don't need as much stuff. Right. Well, you know, now
0: you then uh, talk a little bit more about this because, you know, you personally did have to downsize when you moved in with your wife, right?
1: Yeah, so I was writing my book about D. Clark just kind of using all my tips from the past and then halfway through the book, I fell in love with this woman. And she's like, look, I'm in Atlanta. You're not. If you wanna be with me, you're coming to Atlanta. So I had to pack up from Richmond, Virginia. I lived in this neighborhood for 30 years. The same, I mean two different houses, but I raised my children in the same neighborhood that I was raised in. So I had to pack up this house and I had to get rid of about 80% of my stuff. And eighty, I'm gonna say eighty percent, which it sounds like a lot. I gotta be honest, I really struggled. I was super sad. I didn't some of the, I almost didn't do it. Like I remember calling my now wife, like one day I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like some of these things really matter. And I started talking about the um, FOMO, fear of missing out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I was like, well, what about like when my neighbor's daughter gets married? That neighbor's daughter is probably 12 right now, right? But like right. in my mind, I'm like, well, what about when her, when she gets married? And what I'm about- i for the next yeah. eight, 10 years for her. <laughs> yeah. And, right, that girl doesn't even know my name, by the way, right? I'm just that old guy across the street. But, like, for me, I was, like, that fear of missing out. And I think that's why a lot of us miss out on parts of life, experiences, and we we hold on to stuff because we're afraid we're going to miss something. Like, your dad held on to those tax records because he wanted to have them in case you lost them, right? He wanted to be the guy that saved it. He's like, here you go, Montel. You me- you messed up. Here we are. Here's all the paperwork. And he'd be the hero for a minute, right? Right. And and we want that to be that way for our kids, you know? And I think, and I, but I think people just, we hold on to things for that fear of missing out. And I almost didn't move because of it. Wow. I was afraid I was going to miss out on stuff. Now, spoiler alert, I moved. And someone asked me today, the they're like, well, what'd you do with all that stuff? That, you know, what do what you, like, do you miss any of it? I'm like, man, I don't even remember what I was upset about a year later. Like, I cannot tell you. There was an item that I was like, I may not move. And I don't even remember what it was.
0: I, I'm, I'm really looking to say I feel the same way when I dumped out, emptied out those two storage containers. You know, there's someone was like, I really want to keep this, but I don't want to have the storage container, the storage in it, and I kept agonizing over it to a point that you know I, I'll tell you what, 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 a couple of them were. Um, seriously, do you remember when you came to my studio uh, in Manhattan? I had these big. I, I don't remember who did it for me, but you know, I I had done a photo shoot one year and. Literally, I think the publicists made these four by five foot pictures of me. Yeah. yeah. And they, we hung them all around the studio. Now, when the studio closed down, I cooked, packed them up, sent them to the storage unit. Yeah. And I go walking in the room and, you know, there's these, I mean, there was a really, it was a really good photo shoot and they were really good pictures. But
1: I'm like, who the hell wants a four by <laughs> five foot picture of me? And me. I don't I want a four by make- five foot picture of me. Yeah. yeah. And it's like when you're healthier and skinnier and you're like, oh man, like, what this is just a reminder that I've gotten old. That's you right. Know?
0: Absolutely. And you know, that's that's another one because a couple of those pictures were me like working out. You know, yeah. now, I mean back then I weighed about two ten. Well, I'm weighing 180 right now. I look like, you know, the 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 pre spinach version of, <laughs> of me. You know what I mean? Like stop. I don't want to be reminded of that. Shoot, I'll never be that again.
1: Again, stepping stones. We needed them when we had them. Yep. We don't need it now. It help. It's a useful item. I, I try to tell Peach all the time, like it was what you needed to get where you were the next day. You may right. not need it today, and that's okay.
0: Right now, I mean, now there is some good positive usages for storage unit. Right? What's the smartest way to use
1: storage? So storage is not. Yeah, storage is not all bad. Like if you are so a lot. A big issue for us is when you got to move mom into senior living, right? And you. How like where you grew up, right in Maryland, right now, housing market is insane, right? A right. different world of of housing, and so sometimes you need to get everything out of that house before you can. You you can't even take the time to sort it and clean it. You just got to get that asset ready and sold. So that's fine. Um, I'm okay with six months of storage too. If you're just not sure what you're where it's going to go and what you're going to do, six months is fine. But keep it small. Keep it a ten by ten. Don't do more than a ten by ten anything more than 10 by 10 is a whole room in your house. Right. right? And if it doesn't fit in your house, I got to argue you, you don't need it. You don't, you're obviously not caring about it, but I think storage is good for temporary. And then um, some things are just, you know, like I've seen cars that we're just not ready to do anything with and they're going to be passed down to another generation and cars need to go somewhere inside. Some things just need to be stored inside. Right. So, and that's fine. But I think it more, it just, you got to look at it as a temporary. I prepay for the six months. And say, okay, when that money is done, I got to go get it. It's out. Right, right,
0: right, right, right. Stop spending the money. I mean, I you said, put it
1: on your credit card, dude, you going to have that bill for three years. I guarantee mean, you. That.
0: Well, let me just tell you, I had a bill in storage for seven, I'm, I'm, no, I'm telling you, 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Don't I, do the
1: math. You'll be disappointed, man. Like, I don't, don't even do get that. a calculator because it'll upset you.
0: Lord, I'm I'm telling you, it was upsetting me when I when I when I really thought about going in there and finally opening this damn thing up. And you know, it was really funny. I had a I had a safe that I and this it it was a very expensive safe that I very expensive yeah Uh, yeah very expensive safe that I had purchased. And if I I kind of remembered incorrectly what might have been in that safe, so that safe just stayed in the storage area. And then when I finally cleaned it out. I realized this safe is too heavy to even pick up. Well, safe. you got to hire
1: someone to move a safe. Yeah.
0: Correct. So yeah. I had to end up, but here's what was crazy about it, was that because the people who moved it put it in the storage unit, I hadn't even looked at it when it went in there. They put it on its side. You can't do that to expensive safes because it messes up the combination. Yeah. So they find that they had to stand it up. And then when I got it stood up and thinking to myself, damn, I'm not sure I'm going to throw this thing away because I think what's inside there, I thought, I thought there were a couple things in there that were very expensive items. So I hired a safe company to come out, and the guy went through every machination you can think of. They even have this device that they can stick on the front of a safe and it'll electronically just spin around, spin around until it finally comes up with a combination. Well, it couldn't do it. So you know, I'm like to this dude, man, he he goes, I I don't think you want to destroy the safe because I can rip it open. I'll I'll I got like jaws of life that will bust this thing completely open but you're going to be out like a lot of money. And I, I'm like, well, how much are you charging me for all of your doing He says, I'll tell you what, I'll open the safe for you. Look inside it. If you give me the safe once you're done, and I've got to drill a hole in the top of it to do that. And then I, I because it's a safe company, I know how to patch it up completely so yeah. it, it's still a valuable safe. And I was like,
1: you know what? Go for it, dude. Deal. That's a deal all day long, man. You open
0: Thank it, you. let me see what's in it. And you can have the safe. Because I don't want, I'm not going to take this bag on. you know, 400 pound thing. And ship it around anyway. That's exactly what he ended up putting. <laughs> you know what? The safe was empty. Yeah. <laughs> it just had a couple brackets in it, man. I was tell-
1: like something fancy from Sharper Image. Oh, you know,
0: like, I mean, like <laughs> I'll tell you, I thought it well, be honest with you. I thought it had a couple gold bars. I had these yeah. little little teeny gold bars that I had gotten as a gift from the Nelson Mandela Foundation. It was they were cougarams. And I thought that's where they were. And Now I can't figure out another. You know, where, are they? where are they? What
1: yeah. happened to them? Oh, we find gold in people's houses all the time man. gold bars and gold coins and um, fascinating things people forget. I found $2 million in a, uh, in an envelope written trash, right? Wow. The envelope was sealed and said trash. And I was like, no, no one seals trash. Correct. I like, Open that stuff. It was $2 million worth of uh, stock certificates that had not been converted.
0: That is absolutely
1: crazy. Two million dollars. the family was like, oh, thanks. Like oh, okay. they didn't really even seem to care. Like it was not that big a deal. I wish they would
0: have said, Oh, thanks here. You get 10%. <laughs> Look,
1: people like me and people that work for me, like two million dollars is that's like ten million dollars. You know, we were I mean, I'll never make that kind of money. We were like, dude, like what we like, and they didn't even blink. They didn't even blink, man. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Well, what
0: is upcycling, my friend?
1: So upcycling is really a good way to start. Well, you kind of did it with the safe, honestly, right? Instead of throwing stuff away, you want to use an item for something um, more useful, more modern today. All right. China is a great example, man. We Everybody's mom's got a set of China. Um, I got divorced a couple of years ago. The, the only thing we both wanted the other person to have was the China set, right? Nobody wanted the China. We're like, no, no, you take it. Please, you take it. Mm. We have found, it's funny, you can't sell China anymore. Nobody wants it because there's just... Right. It's not useful. It's not really a modern day thing, and so I was like, "Well, how do I use this china?" I found a couple groups that actually will break them up and turn them in to some type of art piece for you, and they'll do like a mosaic or like they'll make it into um, like a statue for you. They'll do something, some other type of art for you. And that's like using something old, repurposing it, and then you can celebrate its life moving forward. Wow, that's good. Yeah, it's a good, so it keeps stuff out of the trash. You don't have to throw things away, but it also makes it a little more modern. I've seen people take, um, gosh, I had a guy, I mean, we had a guy that his it was a family piano. Nobody wanted it anymore. And instead they, they actually busted it up and made shelving for every kid in the family because the, the piano wasn't that good. It was just the memory of grandpa playing the piano. Right. So they actually had it repurposed into shelving for all eight grandkids. So now That's everybody right. got a piece. There you go. And, yeah,
0: you i know, I'll go back for a second to yeah. that whole China conversation, though. You know, I let's put in that perspective, you know, that was our parents' generation, China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, got married, I didn't want any yeah. China. You know, when I got married, I didn't the first time I got married, I didn't want any China at all because I don't have to lug that crap around and yeah. worry about it breaking. But then I've thought about it now, now you think about it for the last 30 years. I mean, it's probably 30 years of, of there's a generation out there that's all passing away that has this stuff. Everybody wants because, you know, people, they created, you know, paper China.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's the dining. The whole dining room is kind of pointless now. Right. Like right. It's really, in my house, it was the Lego room. Right. My kids played Legos on the dining right. room table. And then it was my office for a while during the beginning of the pandemic. And then when we moved, we did not build a dining room. We actually took that space to build an office for my wife and I. I mean, that's just a waste of space because every auction house in the country is filled right now with brown furniture, China, and silver. At least the silver you can melt down. Right. But the China, not a whole lot you can do with it. And the dining room furniture, man, it ain't worth what what your grandparents paid for it.
0: That's really crazy. That's insane. It
1: just changes. I mean, life's changed. And so like we talk about all the time, like the dining room is so important. Because for that generation, like think about Monday, Sunday afternoon, man, we would come from church and we'd sit down and have our family time at that table. Right. So that room was sacred. But that was for that point in time. Now we have those family moments at our beach house or the ski resort or in the car going to sports like we have. We still have family moments. We just have them in different places with different things.
0: Right. And we don't, I mean, I don't think there's a family out there in America today that still forces the idea of sitting down together at dinner. Most people are eating on the couch, eating banging on the way in their cell phones. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just a different, yeah, it's just a different life now. And it's not that it, and I tell people, it's like so many of my clients can, and say, my kids don't want any of my stuff. And they get really angry. And I have to tell them, it's not that they don't want your stuff. They just don't want that stuff. Right. They want something else. Like I tell this story all the time about my grandma. My grandma wanted me so badly to take her China. And I I don't need China. I didn't want my China. I still don't want hers or her sisters, right? But (laughs) when I was a kid, my grandma was a very young grandma. She was in her 40s when I was growing up. And so my grandma would ride bikes with us, go skiing with us, go hiking with us. And we lived in this awesome neighborhood that had a huge hill at the back. It was called Dead Man's Hill, right? I mean, very... Mythological Dead Man. So we thought someone died on it as a kid. Right? And I don't <laughs> think we did. Yeah. You know, the kid probably skinned his knees. But in our brain, this guy died, right? right? And so we were not, no one was allowed to ride down Dead Man's Hill on your bicycle. Well, we didn't tell my grandma. We were riding around the neighborhood, and my brother and I were speeding up. She thought she had to speed up. So she's speeding up. My brother and I hit our brakes at the top of Dead Man's Hill. She goes flying down the wow. hill, flying. She got lost. She couldn't find us. Like she got into the next neighborhood. It took her about an hour to find us back at home. She came home furious, like ready to wolf us, like so mad. And when it was time to downsize, my grandma. Thirty years later, she's like, "I want you to China." I said, "Honestly, I just want your old huffy, that bike that you rode down that hill." Because, <laughs> and I just wanted the emblem on the front of that huffy, right? Because right. for me, that was my favorite memory of my grandma. Right. And so I, you know, that was one of my. Legacy list items, believe it or not, because I just wanted that little emblem. I and mean, she just wanted me to have that China so bad. And I said, Grandma, it's not that I don't love you. I love you. I love you more than you can imagine. I just don't need your China to prove it. I need something else.
0: And I mean, and you're never going to eat with it.
1: I mean,
0: right? the China plates are heavy, so you don't want to sitting on your lap. Well, and so that's
1: something I tell people. If you are going to keep the China, use it every day. Right. Just- Put it in a dishwasher. I don't care what happens to it, man. Use it every day. If it's special, every day is special. We all know that. The older we get, if COVID taught us one thing, every day is special. Use your China every day if you're going to keep it.
0: Absolutely. You know, when you think about things like China that are now obsolete, as we create new things and innovation and technology comes along, I've been thinking about this quite a bit. It's like this whole idea, you know, and then that's in 10 years from now, we will have a fleet of uber kind of organizations that will be self-driving cars yep and once that happens there will be i'm going to tell you we're going to look at the entire face of construction in the world will change there will no longer be garages hooked to cars yep. hooked to yep. houses so that means there won't be the driveway that goes yep. up to the garage yep. to the my house
1: don't even my kids won't even save for a car because they know you're right they know it's coming right mm-hmm. Right, they I mean, don't I'm, get their licenses. You know, they I, don't even want their licenses. It's crazy. You know? Yeah, that
0: part's crazy. I, I, I know some people who are also feeling the same way. not, why well, bother get a license when you can always get an
1: Uber? It's like my sixteen-year-old well. daughter won't even look at it. Doesn't even could care less.
0: Wow, that's really,
1: that's really, really. Because She's yeah. like then I got to drive to job. If you make me get my license, I got to get <laughs> a job. And I'm like, yes, you do, right? Like <laughs> things are different. So this is a great example. The other day, I'm yelling at my kids, get a job, get a job, get a job. Just like you and I hustled from the day we turned 12, you know? And he's like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, no, you're not. You got to get a job. He's like, actually, I just flipped all my Pokemons online. And he goes, "Uh, I got $2,000 I need you to put in a savings account for me. I was like, wait a minute, what did you do? And he goes, all those old Pokemons, I sold them. I got $2,000 for them. So it's not that they're not hustling; they're just hustling differently. And I had,
0: hustling differently. That's that is kind of crazy and again.
1: It was hard that. for me. To, I'm like, no, man. McDonald's is hiring. Like that's where I worked. Like go do it. He's like, and make 15 bucks an hour. Ugh. I'm like, dude, I did it for three. Like really? what what is 15? But Ugh. I even I've had like I do this with with my clients. I'm like, hey, you got to pivot your your mind on you know your brain on this. Like, you I go, you got to pivot your thinking. Like you're thinking we're old school. We don't want your stuff but I'm having to do the same thing with my kids. Like they're still working. They just do it differently.
0: Do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are your 12 tips to jumpstart and decluttering? Let's say, you you know, you realize you wake up now and it's two years into this pandemic and you look around and every direction you look at in your place, there's piles of stuff. What do you do? What's your
1: first one? You got to, you got to, I call it pick the finish line. All right. You got to decide where you're going and this sounds crazy, but like, So many people call me, they're like, All right, I'm ready to clean. I want to start now. Great. Where are you moving? Oh, I don't know. Well, how can I tell you what to take if you don't know where you're moving? Right. So, your finish line might be that you're aging in place, you're going to stay in your home, but you got to move the bedroom downstairs. Great. Right. Or your finish line might be you're moving to Florida to be close to the grandkids. Like, I don't care what your finish line is. Just be very clear on it. Because here's the harder part you got to put your why. And your why is why are you making this move? Why are you making a change? Um, I might tell you've been fit the whole time. I've known you. Like in fitness, you got to keep coming because you can quit. Right? It's really easy to quit working out. It's really easy to quit dieting. Same thing with decluttering. Right? And the biggest, honestly, the biggest secret of decluttering is just don't quit. Mm. You just gotta not quit. And so that why keeps you from quitting. And so like for me, like I actually have lost 20 pounds this year since well in the last year because my my oldest son kind of cornered me and he's like, Hey, are you gonna are you gonna die the same age that your dad did? And I said, What do you mean? He goes, well, your dad was 52. He goes, dad, you're 47. He goes, I'm 12. He goes, if, if you die in five years, I'm not going to be in the college yet. And He goes, dad, I want you to be here. And I go, oh, I'm not going to die, buddy. I'm good. And he goes, well, he goes, why do you eat all that food that you tell me is bad then? And my boy called me out, right? Wow. And so here's the deal. I want to be a grandpa, right? He told me, he's like, I want you to be there. when I, I say, like, dad, you got to teach me how to be a dad. And I was like, "I'll do it, right." And so now I put on my wall, "Grandpa," right, because mm-hmm. that's my finish line. I only be a grandpa, and that's my why. So, I, believe it or not, in decluttering and downsizing, same thing. Is it independence? Is it you want to be with your family? Uh, you know, is it health? Whatever your why is, you got to put it on a piece of paper, and you got to put it in your face. You got to look at it every day because you will quit. Like you, it's trust me. And the 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 cleaner the house, the less messy it is, the easier it is to quit because you can just shut the doors. Right. Right, garage. I can shut the doors. I can deal with that next year. It doesn't right. really affect me, right? So that you want to, you want to do, and then you want to you pick your, pick your, uh, sorry, you want to pick your finish line, and then know your why, and then start small. Right, that's mm-hmm. number three. Start small. I cannot stress enough. Most people think, oh, well, I'm gonna clean my house this week. It was a three day weekend. We got Monday off. We're gonna clean the whole house. And I'm like, how many years did it take you to fill that house up? And when I ask this in a room, it'll be 10, 20, 30. 40 years sometimes, sometimes fifty, right? I had a lady today, this lady today in Bethesda, near where you grew grew up. I said, when'd you move in? She goes, uh seventy-three. Wow. All right. She bought that house for thirty-five thousand dollars in nineteen seventy three in Bethesda. All That's right. this crazy. House, this house will sell for two million dollars. Like really? tomorrow. So, right. I mean, as is, it'll sell tomorrow, right? But I was like, it took you fifty years to fill it. It's going to take more. Than a long weekend to like it's just going to if you're going to give it the respect, you know, you're exactly. going to get trapped up in the memories. You tra- and you, but you need to. My whole point is you got it, and that's the next one. You got to tell the stories, man. You when you go through that house, you got to tell the stories. So if you don't tell those stories, you can't let go of the stuff. Right? And you did it with your, you know, with some of the stuff with your dad. You just you just told us those stories, right? And now like some of us are smiling because remember the stories. You got to share the stories. Okay? And I say you got to pick a legacy list because you, before you go through the rest of the house. Pick that five or six items, because what that does is it sets the foundation of what you want to keep. I mean, I say five or six items. That's it. Share those stories, because those are the five or six items that you're going to share. You're going to put out there. You know, one thing like the dining room is a room that nobody uses anymore. And I've started telling people, get rid of the china out of the china cabinet and start putting your legacy list items in that china cabinet. People are like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, give every person in the family one shelf. Right. They can put their five items there. And then when people are, are walking around, they say, hey, what's this thing? What's this? Story? Oh, that's our family's legacy list chest. And they're like, well, "What do you mean?" And then you start to tell the stories. Oh, this was my grandpa's cookbook and this was my dad's hammer and this was this. And each kid has a different legacy list, right? And so the more one you're upcycling there and then two you're actually getting your family's stories told, but they, it needs to be out. If it's in storage like you said, how is it a legacy list item? Nobody can even see it. You know, I can't right. share the story if I don't see it. So you want to create that legacy list and then and I'm not going to tell all the tips cuz I want you to actually buy the book, too. Gotcha. Oh, I got a train coming right here. Hold one second. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I live right downtown and I got no, that's okay. A train that comes only twenty six times uh, <laughs> Kids love it. Here we go. Here it comes, right in front of me. Here you can hear it, can hear it?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. It's cool when the uh, circus train comes that Universe Soul Circus comes by they oh, come they come every other week. Oh wow. Dude, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody comes out and everybody's cheering for them to go by. that's it's really cool. It's really, really cool. All right, I think we're good. Yeah. All right. all right, what was I on? I was on uh You
0: were you said I'm not gonna give all the tips, but I'll give a couple yeah. more because a book.
1: <laughs> oh. Let me make sure he's gone on the horn. Yeah. Okay. And then another tip. again i'm not gonna tell all the tips because i want you to buy the book but um you're gonna have to when you start sorting you've got to decide are you going to keep donate trash or sell and i'm going to really push donate like donate 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 the book goes into great detail of where you can donate where you can sell items all things you got to do to sell um the good thing about the book is it's my 20-year career all my information is in there and it's got a, a family I tell a family story from someone i've helped on each chapter but donation i promise you you will never be happy with the amount of money people offer you for what you're trying to sell unless you need every penny and if you need every penny then there's no question you got to sell it it is what it is but if you don't really need it there's someone else that probably needs it more than you do and oftentimes i'm gonna tell you it's not family members family right. members they already would if they wanted it dude they would have taken it i can tell you <laughs> right now right like offer it up to family give them a timeline right say okay we're out of here in two weeks if you want it come get it and if you don't don't say because they'll say oh well bring it to me i'd love to have it right and then you're now the delivery person right don't fall for that say if you want it come get it by this day if not we're donating to the church veterans group you know some kind of group that would use it um i had an old guy leroy that worked for me he's an old homeless guy couldn't read couldn't write he was the best worker i ever had he was amazing And this lady had an old T-shirt. She goes, oh, that's kind of ratty. I guess we could donate it. And he goes, ma'am, I am homeless. I am not ugly. I need your good stuff so I can get a job. And I got to tell you, Leroy was right. And I tell that story all the time because, you know, the donation places, they need your best stuff, not your worst stuff. Don't give them trash. Like, they're putting people to work, man. Like, I cannot stress how many people they're putting to work. More than you could ever imagine. So give these people good clothes, good furniture, people that can get the, you know, that dining room furniture you don't want, don't sell it, don't it. Because if somebody that wants to start their house off, right, that would love it. Right. You know? right.
0: Well, well, really, brother, yeah. I'm, I'm almost going to be out of time
1: here. What's the name of the book again? Keep the Memories, Lose the Stuff. It's awesome. I promise you read it. Keep the Memories, Lose the Stuff tells you everything you need. And then the very back, there's a list of 100 items that the 100 most items people ask me about. From a piano to china all the way down to grandpa's, uh, you know, chemicals in the in the garage. What do I do with it? And it lists 100 items by offer order and tells you what to do with them, how to get rid of it.
0: So if people wanted to get more information from you, where would they go? What's the website? Is there a website? Yeah, or TV, you
1: know? yeah. so TV show and book. The website is MyLegacyList.com. You can watch the first two seasons of Legacy List uh, at MyLegacyList.com. Of course, anywhere on public television as well. Um, you can order the book really anywhere. And um, if you want to put your family on the show Legacy List, please go to MyLegacyList.com. We are casting currently, and we need good families. That's
0: great. Well, what's, what's next for you, Mac? What's What's coming up next?
1: Whew. I think I'm uh, going to take a nap in March when this is <laughs> all done. And um, I don't know yet, man. I, I got seven kids. I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I am going to do one episode of Hoarders this summer. They asked me to come back for a, like a Super Hoard. So that should be interesting. Uh, and then we got season four, Legacy List. And I, I've i started taking time off, man. Like one thing the pandemic has taught me, like you don't get time back. And uh, uh, so I don't work in the in the winter. I take basically I'm done in October and I hang out with my kids until after the holidays. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, I'm going to try to do more of that. I, don't know, I think I got to like take kids to soccer practice and stuff. I think that's what I'll be doing, you know, because they're going to be gone. Like, you know, man, they'll be gone before I know it. And everybody warned me of that. That's and, right. It's happening. We got our first college letter the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, this is real. Like, they're going to be gone soon. So, I'm just going to
0: enjoy
1: my wife and enjoy my family and hopefully keep losing weight. That's my goal. Hey, how much have you lost?
0: 25.
1: 25 pounds. 25. There you go, my friend. That's and really- just so people know, Montel has been giving me diet tips for a long time. <laughs> oh God, 10 years, and I finally took them. And I, and I literally haven't talked to you in years, but every time I eat a smoothie, I think about you. So thank you. man.
0: Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you for being a part of the show today, man. I know you're okay. uh, you, and really, really helpful to a lot of people. And, you know, um, love to have you back if you want to give out some more tips. What's anytime. Time? I'd
1: love it. And anytime we have back, I'd love to come.
0: Absolutely, my friend. Well, look, you take you take care, you stay well, and make sure you tune in to the next Free Thinking with Montel. Thanks for joining me on our Free Thinking with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear feedback, so please send us your comments.